Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you. Now here's the other half of the team, Jack Roth with us, award-winning writer. Jack's journalism background prepared him to view ufology through a discerning lens while keeping an open mind to the possibility that we are not alone. Hey, Jack, welcome to the program. Hi, George. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to this. And then John's going to join you next hour with phone calls as we chat with our listeners about not only your work, uh, extraordinary, the seating, but uh, maybe some of the old things they've gone through. When you got into this, Jack, did it change your mind about anything? Well, I, I was always... I was fairly open-minded about the possibility of uh, E.T. presence, uh, the possibility that obviously we're not alone in the universe, that kind of thing. And uh, But in in really talking to all the people we spoke to, the experiencers, um, I realized that there was something, there was really something going on, and it was much closer than just seeing a light in the sky and trying to determine whether or not they were uh, you know, manned by extraterrestrial uh, beings. Um, I think it brought it a lot closer to home, you know, because you're talking to people who uh, have had profound experiences uh, and traumatic experiences uh, and, and close encounters, uh, literally. And it's, it makes you realize that there's a lot more probably going on than we really know. And I suspect it's been going on for a long, long time. How about you? Uh, yeah, I do too. Uh, you know, we talk about the modern age of, of ufology, you know, starting with Roswell, right? Right after World War II. And, you know, we always think that that's when it all started. But if you really do the research, you realize that it could, this, this, if there's DNA manipulation occurring, uh, hybridization programs, whatever they might be, uh, it could go back thousands of years. Yeah, absolutely. Tell us a little bit about the title, Extraordinary the Seeding. Sure. Um, well, Extraordinary is part of our, you know, we, we kind of branded the, the series of films that we're going to be making, Extraordinary. And the seating, you know, we kind of, I mean, it's it just a fit. It fits because the people are being seated. Uh, you know, we spoke to uh, dozens and dozens of women who talked about being abducted and some kind of, of experiments that were happening to them that uh, related to uh, reproduction, and all of a sudden, they're pregnant. And so they're being seeded with something by something, and then uh, during the course of perhaps towards the end of the first trimester of these pregnancies, that they, all of a sudden, they were lo- the child was gone. Their pregnancy was terminated. And it's just this very strange kind of experience. And, and what was really interesting about it is we were talking to all these women. They kind of told the same story. It was, it was the same thing was happening to all of them. So we thought that the seating was appropriate because that was obviously a big part of what the abduction experience is. Could you tell, Jack, that by interviewing these individuals that there was some definitive truth behind all of this? Yeah, and, you know, that's a great question because a lot of people, if you just hear about it, you can well, that's just a story. Someone's telling a story. I, I don't know if I believe that. And that's, a, that's, a, that's a, a valid point. It's a valid point of view. But when you're in front of people, and you're in front of tens and dozens of people, and you're, you see them, you know, they're looking at you, and they're telling us their stories, and you see the anxiety, you, you, you sense the fear, you sense the vulnerability, you sense the isolation, 
and you know they're telling the truth. You know that what they're telling you is something that they are legitimately experiencing and have experienced. You see it in a whole new different light, and you just feel like, you know what, that they're, they believe that this is happening to them, at the very least. They do, and uh, you could tell that they are truly upset about most of the things that have happened to them, haven't they? Right, exactly, and it is. It's traumatic. And many of them actually have, they're diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder. And in the same way that a soldier coming back from war is diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder. So whatever's happening to them is, again, it's such a, a profoundly traumatic experience that they're actually having a disorder, they have a disorder over it. So, and, and, and that's, I think that's what really hit us the hardest. Was you know we we you know when you're a documentary when you're a filmmaker you're not sure where the story is going to go and you think you know what the story is but after talking to all these people we realized the story was it's them it's their experiences it's what they're going through and whether or not it's happened to us we should empathize a little bit with them because they really are they're going through a lot and they are suffering in many cases. Could you uh, could you relate to us perhaps one or two stories that uh, you have an extraordinary the seating that just simply blew your mind? Yeah, um, and there were several, but I think that uh, the one one that I really that stood out to me was this one particular individual. Her name's Sierra Neblina. She's in the film, and her story is interesting because she is a. Uh, she's a lifelong lesbian. She's always been, she's never been with a man, never slept with a man in her entire life. And she was in a committed relationship with her partner, and all, all of a sudden she had this abduction type of experience, and next thing you know, she's pregnant. Now, here's Whoa. a woman who's never been with a man, who now has to tell her partner, I'm pregnant. By, by an her, E.T.? Exactly, and and so the, her partner's like, well, you know, as much as she's open-minded and wants to believe it, in the back of her mind, it creeps in that she must have slept with some guy. You would think so, right? You know, I mean, log- logic would tell you that. Now, how did uh, how did the partner react eventually? Did uh, she go to accept this? Well, it eventually it it it, it caused a rift in the relationship, and it did not work out. It and fell it apart. Happens a lot with people, not only with just boyfriends and girlfriends, but with husbands and wives. Marriages are destroyed over this. And, you know, when people have kids and they get divorced. Um, She did not. She was unable to really come to terms with that because she couldn't. And and the way Sierra described it, that her partner, she just could not. Although she thought it was possible when it's, when it's confronting you like that, she was like, no, it can't be possible. There's something you had it cheated on me. I mean, you know, it sounds trite, but at the same time, there's human beings. These are human beings going through their human emotions, you know? Uh, and it's very difficult. It's very difficult for people to deal with. I had a story on Open Lines years ago, and a lady had called in to tell us a story about her husband who never comes home late, ever comes home late. Well, he did this time, and his story was that he was abducted by ETs. And uh, she said, George, he was nervous, he was sweaty, and do you know what else these ETs did to him? And I went, oh, no, don't say it on the radio. She said, they took his wedding ring. And after that, I just kind of stopped and went, oh, no, here's a guy who used that as an excuse 
took his ring off and forgot to put it back on. Right. Yet he used that as an excuse, abducted by ETs, and she accepted it. Right. He's probably listening right now. That was bold of him on his part, (laughs) you know. But again, in Sierra's case, she legitimately, and obviously she was impregnated. So there, there it was. I mean, she was pregnant. Now, was the baby taken? Now, yes, the baby was taken uh, towards the end of the first trimester. She had another abduction experience, and then the baby was taken. And uh, there was no evidence whatsoever, whatsoever of a miscarriage. And uh, she, that's when she started to look for answers, because she, she was in the military. And she's, she's, a pretty, she's a go-getter. She's a pretty tough girl. And she was like, I want answers. This is not acceptable to me. And it kind of sent her down this path of discovery of trying to find out who did this to me, why they did this to me. Uh, but, yeah, she never, uh, after that, and that was it, the baby was gone, and she never, you know, obviously there was no communication with the ba- with the child after that. She never, that was it. It was just, doctors said it was a miscarriage, uh, but couldn't explain how it happened or why it happened. But uh, she knew better. She knew that something had happened because she'd had the, abdu- the abduction experience along with it. We're with Jack Roth, one of the partners in the upcoming film documentary, Extraordinary, The Seeding. We'll tell you where you can watch that eventually, too. Next hour, John Semple, his other partner, joins him back, and we'll take phone calls. I've always thought that the hybridization program was based on several possible theories, Jack. Let's get your thoughts. One, that they're just doing it to come back and repopulate planet Earth eventually because they know something's going to happen and they want it to survive and they want to bring all these people or individuals back as really a new a new civilization. So there's that possibility. The other one I thought about was they want to take over the planet with these trained hybrids and get rid of all of us. So that's another possibility. Three, there are other planets similar to Earth and these hybrids are populating those planets. Maybe they're doing it that way, or they need it for their own purposes on their own planet. What do you think? Yeah, and those are all really valid possibilities. And I thought it through too. We've had discussions, John and I, and the rest of the crew. And you know what? I think it could be. It could very well be a combination of all three of those things. We don't, we don't know for sure. Uh, but I I tend to you know the 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 optimist in me wants to think that this is somehow the next step in our evolution as humans, that this is going, they're helping us get... That it's a positive thing. David Jacobs would think otherwise. Would absolutely think otherwise. You know, total colonization, this is not good for us at all, and they will eventually take over and be what's left on this planet. Huge ships will show up one day, and we're toast. Exactly. And he's done a lot of, I mean, he's done 50 years of research on this, and he's convinced, so... You know, it's 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 a little, it's a little unnerving. The more and more you learn about this, uh, it uh, it is unnerving because you realize that there is something, at least part of it, at the very least, is very insidious. Yes, it really is. Why would an advanced civilization want to do us in? What do they get out of it? Yeah, see, that's why that that's the that's the ray of hope I have is that that doesn't make sense. I would think more that either they are trying to populate maybe another planet. And maybe there's something wrong with the, their species is dying out, so they're trying to create a hybrid species that can populate another planet uh, and survive on that planet. Uh, and or again, it, 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 
maybe we share this planet. Again, this is a, the, the next step in human evolution, and, and maybe they've been doing this, like I said, we talked about earlier, if they've been doing it for 100,000 years or, or you know, 40,000 years or whatever since there were primates here, maybe this has all been a part of that process. Do you remember that Nicolas Cage movie? I can't remember the title, where he was uh, at a time capsule event for his school, yeah, uh, knowing. His, I think it was it knowing. It might have been that his little boy was there, and, yeah. uh, and the bottom line is, ETs were following the little boy and the little girl to take them off the planet and bring them back because there was going to be a catastrophe that would literally annihilate planet Earth, and every living species was dead. But they wanted to repopulate the planet at the right time, and they did. They did. It was like Noah's Ark. Yes all over again with high technology. And that's a possibility, too. Yeah, I mean, it's scary to think, but look what we've done to this planet. I mean, uh, things aren't that great right now. So, I mean, uh, if you think about it that way, if you think about it objectively, if you think about it logically, you have to kind of at least be open to the possibility that, yeah, this, this might be the case. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.